0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: From Shakespeare to Schwartz, from Fosse to Alvin Ellie, from Sondheim to Borellis, from McNally to Fay, it happened to the greats, it still happens every day. When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know. When lightning strikes, where you're meant to go. You can stand and shout, Eureka, do whatever you like. You'll never forget the moment when lightning strikes.
0: Hi. This is Gerald Brunner, and you're listening to When Lightning Strikes, where we talk about the tingly mic drop moments that led you to becoming an artist. Eugene Pack is an Emmy-nominated writer and winner of the Drama Desk Award for creating the hit international comedy, Celebrity Autobiography, the the beloved show where stars act out other celebrity memoirs live on stage, has run on and off Broadway. Eugene's short original comedies are now featured on a unique podcast called The Pack podcast. Just a few of the stars who have performed on the podcast have included Sarah Jessica Parker, Blair Underwood, Matthew Broderick, Stocker Channing, Marissa Tomei, Alette Belling, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Martin Short, Renee Fleming, Dick Cavett, and on and on and on. A compelling work of art, says Variety, about the plays, which is listened to in a hundred countries and also raises money for the Actors Fund. As acting legend Eva Marie Saint, who has performed in three of Eugene's plays, says, Eugene's work is so honest. I've lived long enough to know what's honest and what isn't and Eugene's plays are. Here's an excerpt from Eugene's play, Jelly and Mrs. Brown, with Eva Marie Saint and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, my God. Happy birthday. Oh, do we have time for cake and a candle? Oh, my gosh. I had no idea.
1: How would you know? Oh,
0: happy birthday, Mrs. Brown. I just turned...
1: Ninety-six.
0: What? No. Yes. <laughs> no, no! I cannot believe it. What? You look. I, I. mean, this can't. This can't be true. You're. You're kidding me, right? Ninety-six. Ninety-six
1: is the new eighty. <laughs> now isn't that? Isn't that the word on the street? Welcome, Eugene. Thank you, Gerald. I'm such a big admirer of your podcast here. I love all your interviews. So it's thrilling for me to be on your show as a guest.
0: Well, it's such a joy to have you and incredibly inspiring. And I am such a super fan of your work.
1: Thank so you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about the PAC podcast. What do you adore?
1: The Pack podcast has has really been an amazing opportunity for, for, first of all, for me to share my short comedies with people all around the world. And when a couple of years ago, we were doing all of my one acts live on stage in Los Angeles, and we'd we'd attract these great crowds, and it was really fun and exciting, rotating cast. And then when live theater couldn't continue we thought how how can we continue so we thought what about putting these all on a podcast and getting cast members wonderful people from all around the world to participate because there was no limit at this point and i I thought that what an opportunity so what's happened over the last couple of years is that we've now have the pack podcast which is this collection of all these plays for people to enjoy little short bites, seven minutes, 10 minutes with rotating casts, which we can get into in a moment that can reach everyone and and really entertain people. And at the same time, raise money for the Actors Fund.
0: They're so phenomenal. I love these plays so much. And they're delicious in every way. It's a feast. And can you talk about how you... Can write film noir and romantic comedies and kind of twilight zoney pieces, and um, you go into different genres. You go, you have plays that take place in England.
1: I love that. Yes, thank you. So many different things inspire stories. So you'll be watching you could be watching a film noir movie and then that will trigger something in me saying, Oh, I'd love to do something in this, in this genre. I have a story idea. I can pair it with film noir or perhaps you're inspired by a song or there's, there's some lyric in your mind that can also spark a story. And when no one is telling you what to do, if you're your own Producer, and I, I produced this, of course, along with Del Fell and Jennifer Hegarty, who put together this extraordinary website, the, the whole design of this, too, which is fantastic at thepackpodcast.org. So, really grateful for all of that. When you can do whatever you want to do and have complete creative freedom in writing and casting. Then you can let your mind go and and explore all these gen- genres. It could be Twilight Zone. It could be romantic mm-hmm. comedy. It's so it's so much fun and it's so creative.
0: What I love is how you get with your pieces. You cut. You get on the roller coaster. You strap yourself in. You don't know where you're going to go, and it could be a dry cleaner. And all of a sudden, there is an exchange between the person dropping off their clothes and the person who's who works there and it's other magic. And I always say your characters give each other gifts. Tell me about more about where you find your inspiration. I know you said you could be watching something or especially those pieces where, you know, someone's in the bagel shop or are these inspired by experiences that happen to you sometimes
1: Yes, they are they all all of the little pieces that I write are inspired by my life and real life and observations. Even more so than of course watching other other works of art. I get inspiration from different exchanges between people that I'm 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 talking to every day because what attracts me to writing What excites me about writing is to reinterpret different conversations that I've had or observations where I'll see something and I'll I'll think, wow, what's going on? What what are they talking about? And then that sparks my imagination and that can feed into a piece that I'm I'm working on and writing. So I get a lot of inspiration from ordinary conversations, people, random conversations. I feel like everyone has something to offer you. And if you're open to that, amazing things can happen. Incredible, unforgettable conversations can happen with different people. And I attempt to get that into what I'm writing.
0: And your casts are so phenomenal. I mean, I read a sampling of the actors that you have. I mean, you've, you've had so dozens and dozens of actors on the podcast. Can you talk about your casting process and how that happens when you hear you've written something and you say, okay, I've got to cast it. then what happens?
1: I have so many different pieces and I'll look at them and I'll think who, who would be my ideal dream person to actually interpret and read these roles. And in some cases, I know the people I've worked with them. They've appeared in other readings, shows that I've been a part of. I'll reach out to them. I'll reach out to people that they work with and find out if they're available, if they're game to do something like this. The way we put it together is real run and gun. We do it. We, we only have about 40 minutes with with people. It's it's all recorded on, on Zoom and we edit it from there. It's a very small group that works on this. So we have to get people that are willing to do that. And also there's a component, as I said, that the Actors Fund, we, you can donate to the Actors Fund. So it's something good that they're doing too. And hopefully these roles speak to them. They have a fun time doing it and they get to work with people that they might not have ever gotten to work with and want to work with. Or we reunite people.
0: Yeah! Can you talk about reuniting people?
1: I love this. Yes, it was such a a an incredible experience to reunite, for example, Marsha Mason and James Kahn. They starred in two movies together and they hadn't seen each other or, of course, acted together in a in a really long time. And I thought, oh, wouldn't this be fun to bring, to have Marsha Mason and James Kahn do a short piece of mine together? And then we brought in Ralph Macchio, who, who who was terrific with them. And that that combination of actors, they had a good time. And I certainly had a wonderful time directing and, and working with them in this very short, short session. It was a thrill. It was really a thrill to, to put that together.
0: Can you talk about that piece?
1: That piece... The piece Marsha Mason and James Kahn did a piece called "The House of Louis," where they're the parents of Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio takes his son to the Louis Armstrong Museum, and the son steals or takes a salt and pepper shaker that once belonged to Louis Armstrong in his kitchen. And they discover that as they're all having dinner later that night, and it's a sweet story with a with a with a twist ending. And that's okay. what the piece that that's the piece that James Kahn, Marcia Mason and Ralph Macchio did. All, so, these, all these are available at any time at the, at the website, the packpodcast.org And there's almost a, at this point, a hundred pieces that we've done and it keeps going. We keep adding once every couple of weeks, we put new ones up.
0: so in there, and they make you cry sometimes, love, but always make you laugh always make you think I love the story of how you got Eva Marie Saint on the pack podcast. Can you talk about that? Because she she's 97 years
1: old. Eva Marie Saint, yes. One of my pieces has uh, the character of a teacher that happens to be 90, 96, 97 years old. So I'm putting this together and I'm thinking who would be who would be An ideal person, a dream person to do this. I had seen that Eva Marie Saint was at this big benefit in LA. And there she was at this Turner Classic Movies event. And I thought, I wonder if she would be up for participating in this. And the truth is, is that I contacted some of her, the people that represent her, and they were, they were not that excited at first on the phone. They said, I don't, why does she need to do this? What I'm not sure if this is really up her alley to do this audio play and I said please let's really can we try I didn't want to give up I was determined then I contacted somebody else I did not give up and they said listen we'll send her the material we'll see because to me even Marie Saint doesn't get better than that she's 90 she's 96 97 years old and she's she's smart she's wonderful she's a legend and lo and behold she read it and she connected with this character because she used to be a teacher and the character was a teacher. And she said, I, I would love to do it. And then she wound up doing two other pieces as well, which was so thrilling.
0: Yeah, it's so extraordinary. And they're all very different. And she, one of the pieces she was in was with, the first piece with was with Sarah Jessica Parker, right? And then the subsequent pieces were... Yes. Well, yeah. Yes.
1: She did yeah. She did a piece with Sarah Jessica Parker. Then the next piece she did was with Annette Benning and Matthew Broderick. And then the third piece called the, the, bus, the Bus Ride was with Marissa Tomei and Tate Donovan and Caroline Aaron.
0: It's so extraordinary. And I love how you have a core group of actors, almost like a company in a way, right? Who Who does a lot of your shows, a lot of the plays you like George Wendt and a number of actors.
1: Yes. It, one of the offshoots of, of this whole experience has been creating this weekly, also a, a separate weekly development company where we, we work on new pieces and full-length pieces. And the idea of creating a community has always been so important to me and bringing all these great artists together. And I learned so much from them and they're so talented. And to have them do the words that I write, put their spin on it, their artistry, what they bring to it is so, so exciting. And I I really do feel like when you say it's a company of performers that they really enjoy working with each other. And it's always new. It's always new people getting involved.
0: It's a wonderful ensemble. And again, you don't, rehearse right you get together with your with your plays and you read
1: them right that's right there's no right now there's no won't really do this of course there'll be more rehearsals yet at this point right now there are no rehearsals people bring their a game they're really prepared they jump in and then they are acting doing it all in the moment and really really exciting things come out of that
0: can you talk about how the Actors Fund has benefited from the PAC podcast? Because that's we, such a wonderful element.
1: Yes. Too. Such a wonderful element. Thank you. That we when we first when we first started putting this podcast together, we of course felt it was very important. What what's what's behind this and how when people listen to this, what can they do? We felt that it was important to align ourselves with place like the Actors Fund that you can listen to these podcasts, these episodes, go on our website, link up with the Actors Fund and donate whatever you can do. And this podcast, these plays can reach people all around the world. And we're hoping and encouraging people to donate to the cause. The Actors Fund is there to help out all different artists. They do they do tireless work in reaching people and helping people, especially through these these times that we have right now. It's very right. important.
0: Yeah, and it's not only it's not actor, it's not just actors, it's people work uh, behind the camera, people customers, you know, all more everyone in the arts basically right benefits. Yes.
1: That's right. The Actress Fund reaches out to all different people. In, within the industry and even beyond the industry a bit. And if you don't know about them and you're listening, let's say to our podcast, you can click on to their site. We link up with them. You can find out more. So our, one of our goals is of course, is to enlighten people about the Actress Fund. Please give something to them. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, donate to the Actress Fund. So we're, we're, we're linked up to them. We really believe in what they do and it's so important.
0: Your plays are so rich and inspiring and I love your writing. Can you talk about your lightning strikes moment when you knew you had to be an artist? You're also an actor, you perform in celebrity autobiography.
1: Today I, what the one thing that I love, I really love bringing these plays and my work to people and entertaining people, enlightening them. I love bringing all these actors together. It really gives me a lot of joy and excitement. That's really what I'm all about. And I was thinking that when I was a kid, our neighbors would ha- have all these tapes of crazy things like the the Little Rascals. I don't know if you ever heard of the Little Rascals. From yes. This is from, let's say, the 1930s and i would see they would show me these little fun tapes of the little rascals and them watching these little kids put on these crazy shows and sing and dance and get the neighborhood involved and make their own clubhouses that to me i thought oh, i want to i want to do something like that when and 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 then the shows there was a show called zoom that i would that people would show me The videotapes of this show that was back in the 70s that had a a young cast making things, singing, acting, putting on sketches. And I thought, oh, that to me, to do something like that and make your own show and be really creative was so inspiring to me and I thought I want to do that and then I would do that I would get people from our neighborhood in, in New York and put on shows and sell fake tickets of course and and find little areas in the neighborhood to put on shows and it was, I guess those were the first site-specific shows back <laughs> in the day where we do it in somebody's driveway to me that was that was so much fun and, and of course, eventually, I went to see a lot of theater, and was so inspired by different performances as well.
0: I didn't know about the zoo. That's so ind- in Massapequa Park. You were now, on Zoom, where you grew up in Long Island.
1: Not when I say Zoom, I don't mean, of course, Zoom as we know it today. There was a children's <laughs> TV series yes. from PBS called Zoom, and. That where where they were really putting these kids were of all different ages were putting on their own shows on TV, and I t- and I wanted to bring that excitement and creativity to my life, and I would organize shows all the time in in our in our neighborhood, in backyards and front yards, and bring people <sighs> from the community to see it at at the at little clubs, beach clubs, and parks. <laughs> So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm still doing that today because I'm gathering incredible mean, people. Yeah,
0: I re- I kind of remember the theme song, wasn't it?
1: I want to hear you sing five
0: it. Five oh, zero Boston Mass. Yes. Oh, two one three four. Yeah, I remember it too. <laughs> and and what's so funny, full circle, is that you have a a series of plays because sometimes yeah. the plays go into series. Of, where the the main character is auditioning for zoom
1: yes is that your fantasy i'm
0: working
1: working now on writing this epic project that has to do with uh the children's zoom series and of course Mm -hmm. i keep saying that zoom when we think of zoom today it's a completely different
0: and can you talk about kelly and that show because that's i just adore that play
1: one of our podcast ongoing series that we do is a character named Kelly Cavney. Kelly Cavney has her own little cooking show, a vegan cooking show where she combines her love of vegan cooking and Broadway shows. So she riffs on different subjects like Annie, get your bun or yam Yankees or hello Collie, like hello cauliflower. And we learn about these We learn these vegan dishes and we also get to sing some show tunes. And she has all these guests that are not really showbiz types that are, they're local people from Chesterfield, Missouri, where she interviews them. So it's, it's really a blast to do that.
0: It's really charming. And I just love Kelly and all of her friends and how earnest and, and how passionate they are. What are some of the song titles?
1: Some of the song titles that we do in the show is let's say it's hello Collie. We have before the puree passes by, <laughs> <laughs> which is a riff of course on before the parade passes by.
0: Yeah. And, and what's the, the Turkey one? That oh, you yeah. just-
1: and we had recently, we had meatless in St. Louis, <laughs> yes. which is a vegan riff on, on of course, meet me in St. Louis and have yourself a very vegan Christmas and, how can I ignore the soy next door?
0: <laughs> can you talk about one of the first plays that you ever saw that really, any t- that really.
1: You know what I loved? I, I'll never forget. And I, I, I I've gotten to work with him and he's an incredible person. Matthew Broderick in Neil Simon's Brighton beach Memoirs. So I remember he, he was, the way that Matthew Broderick came out on stage and everyone was absolutely falling over their, their seats with laughter and making that that house feel like when, when a performer is out there and has them, of course, in the palm of their hand, everyone's laughing, having such a great time, not thinking about anything except what they're seeing on stage. So much fun, so delightful, so charming. That's something that really sticks out and I thought, oh, to capture something like that to make people feel good and and, and it's heartwarming and, and it's funny and such great energy on stage from this young actor, I thought, wow, when I I want to do something like that, I would I just, it, it was it was it was fantastic. heart thumping, as you say. <laughs> or no, it was heart thumping.
0: And, can, and I love the full circle-ness of it, that now he's, he often performs in the past. Yes,
1: past yes. Past. he's got, he's, he, Matthew Broderick has, I love the way he does my material. It's such a, a an honor. It's so great to work with him. And he's, he's done a bunch of these podcasts and, and episodes.
0: Do you want to talk about celebrity autobiography and how that came to be? It's such a wonderful story.
1: Celebrity Autobiography is a show that I created w- where performers act out on stage actual excerpts from real celebrity autobiographies. It started out years ago in LA. We thought, "Oh, this couldn't this be a fun idea if you w- if you got up on stage and read these excerpts. You can't believe that they wrote them. For example, it was all inspired by me coming across the autobiography of Vanna White, which is called Vanna Speaks. I pulled it off of the shelf. I thought, what did Vanna White? How did she fill up this whole book or memoir? What did she write about? Came across a chapter where she talks about how challenging it is to flip the panels on the wheel of fortune. And she writes about it so dramatically, I had to hold, hold I had to hold my belt on national TV, it fell out of the loop and I just kept holding on to it and flipping those panels. And I thought if you had someone read this out loud in front of an audience, could that be a show or inspire a show? And I gathered all these great comedians and actors one night and I said, let's pull different memoirs, put them on stage, see what happens. And it was really clear that this could be a show. And over the years we had, celebrities on stage reading other celebrity memoirs that brought it to a whole different level. And, and, and it started on this, it started as a small idea. We did it in a bookshop in LA. And then many years later, we did it on Broadway for a limited engagement. So having that whole experience and and knowing that, wow, these, these ideas that you have can really manifest into something really big and exciting. We wound up taking celebrity autobiography all around the world. We did it at the Sydney Opera House in London. So it was really, and it's still going on, it's still happening.
0: And what's incredible also is that here, it went from being an idea in your head to just let's let's try this. And then what I heard that a hundred suddenly it got a following in LA, you know, a hundred people showed up, right. And then more, and then you brought it to New York and to the triad where it's run right for over a decade. And, um, then went to Broadway.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a good example of if you have an idea, go for it and don't let anyone talk you out of it. Try it, put it out there, see what happens and keep, keep doing it and developing it. And it's been such a, it, that, that has been such an interesting experience and it's still going on. It's still, it's still evolving after all this time.
0: Well, Jill, it's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm excited to see what you write next.
1: Thank you, Gerald, for having me on the show.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much, Gene. (laughs) Have a great day.
1: Thank you.
0: The theme song was written by Tom McGovern. This episode was edited by Kyle Moore. This episode was produced by Anna Stroud.